guys, we're in exactly the position we wanted to be in August. We're playing yeah. for the SEC championship. I don't want to talk about that game right now, but there's literally only two teams in the SEC that can play for the national championship, and we're one of them. What's up, Georgia fans? My name is Scott Duvall, and you are listening to episode 161 of the Waiting Since Last Saturday podcast. This is the Georgia-Auburn preview show. Seems like we've done a lot of these episodes lately, considering that the Dogs and the Tigers played twice last season. But this year's edition is the 123rd of the Deep South's oldest rivalry. There are only six other college football rivalry games that had even been played more than Georgia and Auburn. And if you stick around towards the end of the show, we dive into who those teams are. And it's pretty interesting. (laughs) I'm joined today, as usual, by my two co-hosts, Will Leach and Tony Waller. And as this episode begins, we don't immediately start talking football. You might think it's all about politics. That's not it either. Tom Crean and the Georgia basketball team begin their season this Friday night here in Athens. So for about the first 10 minutes or so of this episode, you'll hear our take on what we think the basketball team will look like this year. But with the dogs moving up to fifth in the latest college football playoff rankings, we have plenty to discuss. So sit back and enjoy our preview episode. Here's Will to get us started. So um, basketball, before we get into uh, to some, some football action, it's weird, by the way, that that uh, the Auburn game feels like a come down or feels like we'll get into that in a moment. But uh, basketball starts Friday night, Friday night, 830 Savannah State, the first day, first game of the Tom Crean era. I was not at the preseason game uh, or Segmania. I've missed everything this year uh, because I have a stupid job that I travel for all the time. But uh, I will be there Friday night uh, in my regular seat, Section Q. Look for me and, and the boys. Do you ever get people stopping to say, hey, Will? I have had people stop by. Uh, the place where all like the people in the fancy seats, mm-hmm. uh, the ones <clears throat> in the little chairs that are the same, if you'll see them at halftime. They always go to this little tunnel where they can get like their popcorn and so on. They all go right, like literally my seats are right by that tunnel. Yep. So so I, I see people all the time and often people are saying, uh, uh, saying, Thank you, Will, for bringing up politics all the time on the podcast. <laughs> it's our favorite thing. Please keep doing it and don't let Scott ever cut it out. Um, but I'm like, hey, listen, I didn't say that. I'm just accurately quoting you, convenient stranger. Um, but anyway, uh, so I will be there. Uh, from all accounts, the early game, the the what they've noticed from the first, from the exhibition game, and from Segmania, and from the UAB game, the exhibition game against UAB, which they won barely, is that it's going to be wild. It is the team is he is encouraging. Remember Tyree Crump uh, was always kind of a, a, a referendum on Georgia, Georgia basketball was Tyree Crump, uh, clearly the best scorer on a team that desperately needed scoring, but he didn't play defense the way that Fox had wanted him to, and so. Crump would like go on social media and do like these passive aggressive things. How he's frustrated about Fox. Crump is Crean's favorite dude. He's like, go shoot, shoot, shoot. They are shooting like crazy. They are running like crazy. They are turning the ball over like crazy. They are giving up points like crazy. They are. It's a learning year. They've got a lot of stuff they got to figure out. But it will not be boring to watch. I do not think this is a tournament team to any stretch of the imagination, particularly because the SEC is unusually good this year. We were picking 13th, right? Yeah, 13th out of 14th. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. uh, We're young. Young, new coach. But don't you think that Crean's personality, he will embrace that, and maybe his goal will be to have him finish 10th or 9th or something? Well, the trick is, is the SEC is probably good enough this year to get eight plus teams in. And, and, and frankly, there are two legitimate national talent contenders. Oh, yeah. Kentucky and, and who else? Tennessee. 
Really? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. So uh, probably a dark horse in A and M. Yeah, and the dark horse in Auburn. Frankly, well, in Auburn, and, yeah, uh, Auburn. I think is probably a bigger one. So uh, yeah, they're good. It's a really good <laughs> conference. And listen, this was the goal, right? Like three or four years ago, um, this was kind of the the fact that so much money was being poured into football and basketball was not so good in the SEC. It was a top down. This is the thing. This is when Alabama hired Avery Johnson who could have had an NBA job and they gave him a ton of money to come to Alabama, who will be better again this year as well. Like there was clearly money and we've seen it with Tom Crean, money is being spent at traditional football schools to make basketball better because the SEC had this is obviously dominating in football and would have like three teams make the tournament. Yeah. And so that's what they're trying Which to Which is say. an embarrassment for the power conference. Exactly. So you're seeing the you're now starting if you look around the SEC, there are great coaches Everywhere. There yeah. are great coaches across the board. I mean, for crying out loud, Ben Howland like, went to the <laughs> Final Four with UCLA, made the national championship game with UCLA, has had an awesome career, and he's coaching Mississippi State. Like, there are, like there's money to be spent in the SEC, and there's great coaches everywhere. And so Creed's got his work cut out for him. This is a tough, like, he did great at Marquette, though he had Dwayne Wade. He, at Indiana, he... He got, he got that turned around, but to be fair... He was very good at Indiana. He just was not good enough for them. Yeah, and, and, and frankly, he was good at Indiana, but also it's a lot easier to recruit at Indiana than yeah. at Georgia. Like, in Indiana, people will just come. People will like... Because you're in... It kind of like... It's a reverse of Georgia football. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. And listen, there's a difference between Mark Richt and Kirby Smart, just as there's a difference between Sean Miller and Tom Crean. But I do think that... Uh, uh, this is a tough job. It is a tough job. I think he's the right guy for it, but it's not like it was like that. To me, it shows the disappointment of Fox more than it shows anything. Fox was a coach of this team for seven or eight years nine. during nine years, mm-hmm. a pretty low ebb in SEC history, and he made the tournament twice and never won a game. Yep, uh, uh, that that's that's why you had to make a change, and it's going to be harder for Creed than it was for Fox. But I think Creed may be better suited for it. It's going to be fun. We are likely to finish the non the non conference at five hundred, and who knows what happens. Look, a successful year for Crean is playing much better than the end of the season we play now. Sneaking up on somebody, it doesn't matter, really matter who it is, but knocking someone out of a one or two seat. Yeah. Um, the reality is, though, if you can figure out a way to win nine conference games and you don't fin- you don't finish, what are we thirteen games like? Five and eight in the non-conference, you can sneak into the conversation. You can get on the bubble in the SEC this year. There are um, wins to be had, and that, yep. that really fun week in January—I think it's January—yeah, uh, where they have Ooh, Kentucky. And you Florida. say fun, and I go, oh, yeah, Kentucky and Florida home. And listen, the, the, uh, there's been years where Kentucky isn't here. Like no matter what happens, that game is just a blast. And even if loudmouth fan sells his tickets to Kentucky fan, uh, Kentucky fans, uh, it is. Uh, I'll have you know, I told that story. I was at a, par- a Halloween party with. Uh, 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 figures uh, from the Georgia Sports Administration, and I told that story with such glee because they get so angry when people sell the tickets to Kentucky fans. Yeah. And uh, so, and I was like, I was like, well, when you see that guy yelling, know that he's the guy that did that. He's that uh, guy. Yeah. So, oh, I, I remember that guy. Yeah, I wrote about that guy. Yes, and, you did. Uh, he was, and he was back. We've was never back. been prouder of your embrace of the Southern spikeness. <laughs> <laughs> and he was back in the end of last year, but quieter. Uh, but quieter. Anyway, point is, is it's an exciting year. Expecting a tournament is seems unlikely. It seems unwise. Yeah, the NIT is the ceiling here. If they hit the NIT, this is a successful season. Yeah. And even if they don't make the NIT, it's not a bad season. It's going to be fun. Let them run. I think Claxton's going to be the best player this year. He seems to have really embraced the Korean thing. 
But whatever. Let's just roll them out there and see what happens. I think what's exciting is the fact that when you do have Kentucky roll in or Auburn and you get these big name, almost overbearing coaches, even Frank Martin at South Carolina, to have Tom Crean in your corner instead of, I mean, no offense, but Mark yeah. Fox didn't really move the meter. It was a little not bit. dynamic. Yeah, and and also to see what how I mean, you hit four threes in a row and he gets dynamic. <laughs> yeah. Well, I want to see how you utilize social media with any kind of screen grabs or anything you can you can take or some memes or gifts or whatever. Whatever. We have never had you know now you do those things now where like videos you can make gifts. Out of I, like, I do them all the time. Okay. I made one yesterday of the then, Falcons game. Yeah. Why have we not made one yet? We can do that. I can of do that. Tony I have the power. <laughs> At the fight with Missouri. The, oh. Like, why do we not have a gift? Will, every single time something awesome happens, or, or every time it's a bad call, I want the wait and since last, last Saturday social media. I forgot thing. I made so the TV. If you I can, give, TV me that, that. If you can give me that file, I can make that in literally oh, six minutes. It's almost, so it's just almost you, the easiest thing. Just I so you'll do. know who it is, if you will watch the, I'm on the opposite end of the court from Ooh. the fight, you will see a portly gentleman in a black pullover Get big air, big air meaning two to four inches. Oh, he's so mad. Uh, and he's I'm so mad. like, you. Will you send that to me? I, look, I gotta find it. I gotta find yeah. it. I, I mean, if you, dear listener, if you yes. remember that game, it was the Virginia no, it was Missouri. Tech. No, Missouri it was game. Missouri. Two years was, ago. I missed right? it because it was, was. I was at that game. I know. Yeah. You were in my seat yeah. Yeah. because I was at the Super Bowl. Oh, yeah. So I was at the Super yeah. Bowl. And. So, I was uh, sitting with our friend Cade. Yes, and yeah. I remember. Yeah, he was with Cade, which is right by. You guys were right yeah, by. Yeah, we were. We were. We were just off camera. Yeah, but Tony was not off camera. No. And I remember being in two years ago. It was in uh, Tampa. And wherever. Yeah. Wherever it was, I don't remember the Super Bowl was that year, but um, it was a beautiful thing. To uh, it was a beautiful thing. To so, did you see it when it happened, or do you see the highlight? No, I was listening to it. I was actually. I, I was actually. So you could, you could almost it. hear Tony through. <laughs> whatever. Probably, I was listening to it. It's funny. So I was listening to it on a run. And then at the end of my run, all the clips came over from it. And then I see Tony like jumping up and screaming. I'm like, how did I miss this game? Why did I miss this game? What a wonderful game this would have been to see. Because you were so mad. So listeners, if you remember that game and can find clips from it, please send it to us. And we will have every time there is a bad call, we will have angry Tony gifts. It will be very wonderful. Speaking of, probably the DeAndre Baker personal uh, uh, pass interference. Yeah. That, you would get that gift now. Yeah. So how about uh, uh, was he offsides last year on the punt block? Does no, that was that's Tyler Simmons. Tyler Simmons I know, was onside. Was the other Tyler part. Simmons oh. was onside. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, those are the sorts of things. We're I made talking a gift of that. Yeah, from my actual footage. By the way, I'll, also I'll I, I don't know if you saw on Twitter. I I hate to be the guy that brag on Twitter, but I did a screen capture of one of my favorite lines ever. It's Butch Jones looking, giving side eye, almost lustfully at a student assistant wearing a headset and. I was. Uh, <laughs> I basically said, "You should find somebody that looks at you like Butch Jones looks at student assistants mm, wearing headsets." Yes, yes. It was just glorious, glorious. So okay, so hey guys, we won the SEC East. Yeah. So yeah. can we revisit anything, or do we need to? Well, revisit I, I'm, 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 one of the things I thought about is I went back and watched the game as I as I'm prone to do, and there were a couple of things that I wanted to highlight. First off, I, I downplayed how much better our linebackers played. We we were competent at the point of attack. Um, we took good angles. We did a great job in contain. Only a couple times we didn't turn uh, Snell or Wilson back inside. We did a really good job of penetrating their offensive line and getting in Wilson's face when he wanted Terry Wilson. Right, I got that right. Down. Wilson wanted to throw the ball. I mean, it it was all around good performance from the defense. Um, from that perspective, yes, the DeAndre Baker. 
pass interference was utter bullshit, but you know, this Kentucky, they get those. And thank goodness it didn't affect the outcome of the game. Um, although it did absolutely give Kentucky seven more points. And gave them a boost when they were starting to wobble. Yep, when they're starting to wobble. And one other thing, Scott, you predicted 49 or so points, right? We scored 34. What would the score have been if instead of throwing the ball inside the uh, 30-yard line twice, what would you think the score would have been? 49. 49 or 48 yeah, or something. Right. It would have been much, much more. Um, that was a thorough domination. Uh, when, when you look at Bill Conley's S&P Plus stats, um, we just really roundhoused them. I think we were like a 97% point win total there. And you that is what you do. And it, you're a great team expected to dominate the conference. You take the second-place team – and frankly, you put them in a chokehold and make them make them wish that they had taken it up a different sport. Guys, we're in exactly the position we wanted to be in August. We're playing yeah. for the SEC championship. I don't want to talk about that game right now, but there's literally only two teams in the SEC that can play for the national championship, and we're one of them. Think about how well the 2017 team was playing. I went and looked at the comparison stats from last year's Kentucky game to this year because you know I'm sure some people might think like, Oh, we only got 34, and we only beat them by 17 points. Well, last year, Georgia won by 29, 42 to 13. It was at home. Nick Chubb, Sony, Javon Wims all scored the touchdowns. They're all gone. So we now had Swift, Holyfield, and Nauta scoring touchdowns. Fromm was 9 of 14 for 123 yards with a touchdown and a pick. This week, he was 14 of 20 for 113 yards with a touchdown. Benny Snell had 94 yards on 22 rushes and a touchdown. This year, he had 73 rushes on 20 carries and a touchdown. And we outrushed ourselves by 50 yards last year and had an advantage of total yards by about 60. But that was a national championship runner-up team. Well, this is what we were talking about kind of on the postgame show is for the first time, including, say, for maybe the second half of South Carolina, for the first time all season, including Florida, which was the big win that we all that brought everybody from voters back, this looked like last year's team. Like this looked not not exactly like obviously there's different things, but it looked like a oh we're just so much better than you and are going to show this every way. And there was swagger, like there was swagger, there was joy, there was. And this is something that that the team has talked about as well. There wasn't a lot of. I think uh, Emerson had this great kind of anecdote about how after they beat uh, Tennessee, uh, after they beat Tennessee last year, people were celebrating. Like they all ran up in the stands with the fans, and everyone lost their mind. And when they beat Tennessee this year, everyone just kind of went back in the locker room. Yeah, which is fine. Yep, that's there's, there's nothing wrong <laughs> with that. But I think is is in a symptom of what we feel this season has been missing a little bit. Not that they haven't just been as dominant. It just hasn't felt as joyous. Kentucky felt joyous. Kentucky felt like a, a linebacker's being dropped from the sky. They 100% celebrated with the fans yeah, this game. Yeah, like they were doing right. it. Right. I mean, that happened. Um, is that your perspective? Yeah, that's where I went. Uh, well, after when the Kentucky fans finally gave up, um, <laughs> uh, we did go down to the field level and, uh, and, and did some hand slapping. Yeah. yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because I read an article, and I only got one free article on the Lexington Herald Leader, okay. and I picked the right one to read. It was a column by John, John Clay. Clay. Yeah. yeah. I didn't really – I just kind of summarized what I, what I read, but it was similar to what y'all were saying in the pregame show. In his article, he talked about – how great the week was. They were the talk of the town. 
They got national attention. It was a time where they could put basketball on the back burner and how much fun that week was. That was his article two days after the game, just kind of reminiscing. And that reminded me kind of like early Mark Richt years about when maybe 2002 or something like that, when we had been kind of in the wilderness for a while, not nearly as long. I'm not trying to compare Georgia to Kentucky with the fact they hadn't even been over 500 in the SEC since 1977. But that's their perspective. And you kind of nailed it in the pregame show where you were saying – they're not used to this. I would give them credit. They didn't look like new money. Um, they they just look like a – they're a physical football team. They're a sound, well-coached football team. They were just outclassed by a better team, period. That's what happened Saturday on the field. They were outcoached. And I do want to talk about what the goal line stand for a minute uh, because, again, that was not a great coaching moment. <laughs> um, but they were outcoached almost from the get-go by Kirby Smart and his crew. So one thing I noticed from re-watching the game – um, when we lined up in jumbo on third down, they flashed to Jim Cheney. Jim Cheney throws his hands up in the air, and he—you can see him mouth, "What are they doing?" Hmm. Now, I'm not trying to start anything. I don't know what happens uh, because it was very clear. Kirby yelled at somebody on the headset. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We saw that, but we definitely saw that. But there's some discongruity between those two things. Yeah. The first is. It was clear Jim Cheney did not know the jumbo package was going to be called on third down. I mean, it was very clear. He throws his hands up in there, like leans back, looks at the coach beside him. I don't know who's beside him in the, in Coley. the box. Is it Coley? Looks to Coley and goes, what are they doing? Right? And then, of course, after the play, it's clear somebody yells down and says, go for it again. And you see Kirby say, no, no. Yeah, you had your chance. And then he starts yelling into the headset. Right, so I, I'm not. I mean, there's there are, you know some conspiracy brothers out there that would say you know well Cheney can't do things. That's probably the head coach's call down inside there almost every time. Um, if you think about Kirby Smart, that probably makes sense as a head coach's call because that's how he likes to run his program. Now I'm not saying he did. I'm not saying he didn't. So who was Kirby Smart yelling at? <laughs> he might be yelling at himself. <laughs> I'm not saying he's. I'm, I don't know. I don't have any idea who he is yelling at. But, I have to say that's the angriest I get is at me. Well, but, that's, <laughs> that's no, but true. it is right. Yeah, no, yeah, I'm yeah, not it, kidding. Is. it is. So it is possible he was just randomly letting off steam instead of yelling at a coach. I, we did talk about that in the. Um, we talked about that at length, and there has been some. It was a meme. It's become a meme a little bit. Um, I'm just saying that. It'll be interesting to see what happens if we get in that situation again. Because we're Jake Fromm is really good at the quarterback sneak, but not from Jumbo. Yeah. That was a, such a weird call. But, you something, know. Something weird. It felt like something weird happened. Something weird happened. They need to flash back to the SEC championship game because that's when he ran a couple of key, not many, key RPOs where he actually kept the ball. Run the jet sweep. Yeah. Run something. Get in your base package and let run that cut the cut sweep by DeAndre. You need two yards. So here's another thing uh, that if we're gonna focus on something positive from the game that gave us the SEC East Championship, uh, the field stuff made a little bit more sense this game. I actually thought that like that that's something we that comes up every single podcast, and sometimes it's important, sometimes it isn't. This feels like. Closer, right? Well, I think he, it's interesting that he actually looked for a pass this time. Yeah. Um, I, of course, if you listen to the podcast, have been advocating the idea that many of his play calls are RPOs, and he's just he's, he's literally running. he's leading he's reading run reading run every time. Um, I don't know what the play call was because I'm I just don't know, but it was clear that either they said we don't care what you see, look Throw. for a pass, right. 
look for a pass. Um, there was some good breakdown video that came out today. I want to say at uh, maybe Dog Sports or, or one of the, the sites that um, that showed that there was if he had just been a, a bit more patient, Mikol was open over the middle. Um, or, uh, or maybe it was Holland. One of the two were open over the middle, but that doesn't matter. He still got uh, he got nine really hard yards and got a key first down. Um, he did the same again on what third down inside the twenty on a, another and, drive. And it made sense. It, it made it sense. Felt like part of the flow of the game. Yep. It didn't feel like a complete jarring thing when he came in. That's what they've been trying to figure out. And again, it's still sparing. How many snaps did he take? Two, three, four, uh, maybe five. Yeah, and. Like, he's still not in there very much. But it felt like, I see what's going on here. I actually, it was the first time it felt like they got that right a little bit. And in a game, to be fair, that they were dominating, but also against a really good defense. Like, I know it didn't seem that way, but that's a really good defense. that they. Well, Josh Allen was the guy that covered both fumbles. And, and he was right there. And those were his highlights. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> well, I mean, you can't. You're right. You you're can't. Right. Look, you also have to talk about, and, and I know we did on the pre, on the post game podcast. We have to talk about how well the offensive line played and the job Pittman did A and young cobbling offensive right, line. cobbling that group together because it was plenty clear early on that Josh Allen, the, the intention was to use Josh Allen to be a disruptor, and he was. I mean, both the fumbles were right at his feet. He just he. He was he was lucky to be the guy that was closest. Yeah, I mean, but he didn't force them. He didn't force them. No, no, no. They were yeah. probably one of them definitely a snap issue. One of them might have been a mesh issue. It might have been a snap issue. But the the reality is, is he was given a couple of gifts. Um, that's good for him. But, but you, he wasn't a factor. He was not a factor. So um, so I feel like that leads us to Auburn yeah. a little bit. And it's weird to think that I mean Auburn is. Even two years ago, when Georgia was, we were all frustrated. And then Auburn comes in here, and it, Auburn was top, were they top 10? They were top 15. Last year? No, two years ago. Oh, yeah, top, I think they were top 10, maybe. And they came in, and Georgia, I mean, it wasn't a blowout. It was a comfortable win. It was a comfortable win. And, and then last year, obviously, there was crazy, but then... Obviously, I don't. I don't remember what happened in the SEC Championship. I remember what happened in the SEC Championship. I don't remember what happened after the Rose Bowl. And but it's weird that Auburn is always this big game. It's like it's a rivalry game. It's, and it feels this week. What were they? Eighth. Eighth. Eight. Eight. Yeah. yeah. And it feels this week like Auburn is right. Auburn is this week, and I think it's because we've had. Listen, we talked about after the LSU game how frustrating that was, and before Florida and Kentucky, how huge those two games were, and how much of a disappointment this season would be if they did not at least win the SEC East. So now they've done that. So this game is the pivot game, right? This, I guess, Georgia Tech. These are the pivot games of. Okay, so is that SEC championship game? Which I listen. We now we know who they're playing, <laughs> and we I think we can all agree as much fun as the last couple of weeks has been. There is a gap between Alabama and Georgia right now. Frankly, there's a gap between Alabama and everyone. Maybe even Buffalo. Yeah, I mean uh, certainly, <laughs> uh, I do think Cleveland can finally beat Alabama. I just don't think that uh, I'm not. I don't know about Buffalo. And and more to the point, last year's Alabama, which won the national championship, feels like a ten point underdog to this year's Alabama. I agree. And so that may be the ultimate thing there. But it would be really awesome if 
Georgia had a puncher's chance in that game to go to the national championship, to go to the playoff, and that requires winning these two games. Yeah, we got three weeks to kind of prove it or get better, yeah. continue whatever, to get better. If they lose to Auburn and Georgia Tech, it's going to be a huge bummer. It's going to be a huge bummer, and the SEC title game is going to be feel less – it will feel a little bit more like, oh, so we're Missouri this year, and as opposed to, wow, we, we win this game – we're going to the playoff, which is the situation of last year. That requires these two wins. And I know it's kind of fashionable right now to say because Georgia Tech is playing better and because Georgia's run defense has not been awesome, it's kind of fashionable to think that Georgia Tech is the tougher game on, on Georgia's schedule than Auburn. I don't quite believe it. I still feel like Auburn's got a lot of talent. They beat, they won that game last week, and Texas A&M is not nobody. Auburn is in the top 25 of the S&P. I don't know if they're top, in the top 25 of the rankings, but like... Auburn is Auburn. Like, they're not a bad team. And th- this, to me, seems like the game I'm more worried about of all the games. Well, if Stidham is on, yeah. then we have something to worry about. Yeah. And if he plays like he does in the last six or seven minutes of a game, like he did against yeah. Texas A&M, yeah. then we've got something to worry about. Yeah, I think you, you get into the nitty-gritty of this game is, you know, Auburn's, Auburn's passing game, Starts and ends with their ability to run the football, which is I'm already tipping kind of where I'm thinking about mm-hmm. on this game. But you know we have to again we have to be you have to look at this like you did last year with the Mississippi State game. You have to limit you can't look at just Stidham as a runner, but you have to limit their running because if you can bog down their running, you basically put them in a situation where you put the the, the ball in Stidham's hand, um, asking him to win. He's just not been able to do that this season. Um, he I, I, you know, look, I, I picked them as a, as a possible, you know, a, a, a team to, to regress. I had no thoughts whatsoever instead of not having a great season. Um, but when you look at where they are uh, on the season, they've snuck into a couple of games. I mean, they were, I mean, they won this week against Texas A&M, but that was a 50-50 game. Uh, and frankly, it, it bared the, the score bears that out. They won a game earlier in the season where they were, uh, I think, 45%. Yeah, the Washington game. But they also lost a game where they were 71% in the Tennessee game. Um, and that all starts because you know Stidham has been inconsistent. I mean, his completion rate 60%. That's all well and good. Yards per completion is uh, you know, 12, uh, 12.2. But he also has only thrown 10 touchdown passes, right? I mean, if you had thought – you would have thought to a game easy out of this team – and their offense is just not great. I mean, they have scored um, 21. They scored 63 against little the whoever it was, Alabama State. And they only scored they scored 21 against LSU, which you know, of course, we didn't. Um, and then 34 against Arkansas. But since then, it's been 24, 23, 24. Um, they scored 31 against Ole Miss, but South Carolina scored what 107, <laughs> uh, and then 28 against Texas A&M. With Texas a and basically giving them two short fields in the fourth quarter. Um, their, their offense is not – I mean, their offense certainly isn't any better than Kentucky's. And I would say it's, it, at least going into the game, was worse. Um, a touch more dynamic because um, Stidham is a better quarterback than Terry Wilson. And he's a senior. He should be. Wilson's, what, a sophomore, junior. Um, and defensively, Auburn's very stout. I mean, they, they make you earn your yards – but they also aren't very good if you get them out of standard downs. If you get in a position where you have options on third down, you know, the problem is, is that Georgia hasn't been great at third and short. We 
third for whatever reason short yardage situations has been it's vexed us this season for well, both I mean, offense and defense. Yeah. yeah oh yeah both yeah absolutely but I mean, I mean that's kind of a good thing about this game right is that something they clearly need to get fixed oh yeah and, and listen like that's really the question for really these last three games right like Georgia is in the SEC championship game they have clinched the SEC East this season is already not a nightmare like yeah, that, yeah 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 I mean season, look you 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 lose to Auburn and Auburn finished this last, This is their only win that gets them 6-6. Six and six. It's still not a great season. You yeah. lose to Tech in the same right, way. Right, right. It's still not. Even though you accomplished the goal, we yeah. say. But you, you win these games. You last three games like you, you, we think we will. And go to the SEC championship game. It's been a successful season. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, for, that, I mean, forget that. You win these last three games. You're playing for the playoffs. Yes, yeah, a quarterfinal. Which is all you can possibly ask out of any season. Like, honestly, like, we've been frustrated with certain parts of this year, and Alabama just looks so awesome. So there's this kind of idea that, like, okay, well, you know, whatever. We made the SEC championship, we better. Screw it. Like, all you can ask from a season is to play the SEC championship game, and if you win, you are in the playoffs. And for the record, if they lose to Auburn or Georgia Tech, or I guess UMass, that I, I don't I – don't, if they lose one of these next two games and then somehow beat Alabama, I still don't think they're going to the playoffs. No, no. In fact, no chance. In fact, my son was in the car today asking me about Alabama, Michigan, Notre Dame, Georgia, and, and the context of it. And he said, "What if Alabama stays undefeated, which they will, and Georgia beats Alabama barely in the SEC championship game?" He's like, "Well, we have to play them again." And I was like, "That's somewhere I don't even want to go." <laughs> yeah. But I have a feeling that that might would be the case. Uh, I mean, the question is whether they would pick Alabama over Michigan. That would really be what that question would be. If they would do what they did last year and take Alabama over Michigan, I think they wouldn't. Even though they're kind of like a world-beater team. And if Georgia just kind of snuck up. And I know we're, we're supposed to be talking about Auburn, but this is just too much fun to but talk whatever, about. whatever, man. Like, this, this, like this, that's what we get to talk about now. Like it's our show. Won the SEC? <laughs> sure. So we get to talk about this yeah. stuff. Like, honestly, like that's, that's the thing is we got to be scared for a couple of weeks. We're like, man, Florida's looking better, and Georgia's a little wobbly. And now it's – Speaking of – Florida lost two games in a row when yeah. they were the better team on the field. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, and now... Did you see Dan Mullins post-game? I, I'm about sure. arm wrestling or I'm thumb wrestling? Sure. He has some real profundities. The thing that worries me about this game is it's weird for Auburn to be the come-down game. Like, it's weird. And I, listen, whatever. They're going to be up for Auburn. It's Auburn. And, uh, I, I hear people want to have, like, a blackout. For, I don't know. But uh, I'm sure this will not come up the rest of this podcast. But I, I would say that. Do you see what color I wrote that in? Yeah, I see. <laughs> Black. Uh, but I, it still feels like they celebrated. Like they, they, the goal, the first goal for this season was met last week. Now you come back, you've got a home game. You just went through this gauntlet of three. They haven't been home in a month. You just went through this gauntlet of that. Now you're home. It's a night game, which is cool. But it does, like, this is now take care of business time. Can you call this game a revenge game because of last season? Sure, why not? No, well, no, I'm, no, no, I'm, I'm asking no. some serious questions. That, and that's what I think. I mean, revenge. the thing is, it's like, I mean, you keep in mind, Kirby and Gus have a very long history, right? They have faced each other yearly in what is easily, you know, probably the, the best known one of the best-known college football rivalries. And I don't say that lightly because of Georgia-Florida, but or even Georgia-Auburn, but, you know, there's not a 30 and 30 about Georgia-Auburn. Um, <laughs> 30 for 30. And 30 for 30 narrated by Wright Thompson, right? Uh, right did Wright do that? Yeah. yeah. So, you know, that's 
This is a this is a real thing. The the number of times Kirby and Gus have come up against each other. It's hard to say that it's possible they don't hold a whole lot of love loss for one another. Um, just also because Gus is a sanctimonious know-it-all and looks like a raccoon. <laughs> Does he still wear the mock turtleneck? I'm sure he wears lots of things that are mock. Um, you know, the, the, you know, look, we... That this is a night game makes me feel a little better. I mean, yeah. we have... We have also... We have, with Auburn is not that great. Like, they're not that great. This is not a great Auburn team. No, they are a middle of the road. Well, we had the thought exercise last week about S- ranking SEC teams, right, from top to bottom, wherever they fall. They certainly fall behind. Even now, they certainly fall behind the group of teams that would um, that I would say are the top five or six. I mean, maybe maybe they're sixth, maybe they're seventh. I mean, they beat Texas A&M. It was a home, and it was close. But yeah, but I, Jimbo managed that game like uh, Kyle uh, Shanahan did the well, Super whatever. Bowl. I mean, they won it. They still won it, yeah. They also lost to Tennessee at home. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah so. And Tennessee beat Charlotte, Man, what, 14 to 10? That this is past worth of remembering. That is – I almost forgotten about that, that they lost – to Tennessee because it happened the same day as LSU. Yeah, and so our, yeah. we were all distracted looking at something else. But man, they did lose at home to Tennessee. Is Georgia still a fourteen and a half point favorite? Because uh, that was the opening line. I haven't seen the line on the game, um, but still, it's a look. You, it, it, we'll get to picks in a few minutes. But there is the path to victory for Auburn is for Georgia to shoot themselves in the foot. I mean, literally, turn the ball over three times, play an entire game like we did against Missouri in the first quarter. That's how you lose this football game for Georgia. I, I don't, I don't think I, I could be wrong. I don't think Auburn is going to be able to out physical. I don't think they're going to be able to out talent. So, what are you looking for from, say, the offensive perspective for Georgia? From the offensive perspective, same thing we saw last last week. Right. You even if we don't score with seven or fourteen points in the first half, the ability to move the ball at will. Right, you you're able to go down the field. You're able to run your offense. You you score in the first couple of drives. Even if you have some three and outs, you're still able to figure out something to matriculate the ball. Even if you only kick two or three field goals, uh, because you stagnate. You're if you move the ball well. I mean, look, we one of the reasons I felt like we had a shot still against LSU until late the third quarter is we were keeping we, we were making them score field goals. It felt like the Notre Dame game, frankly. Uh, the, the one thing that that concerned me, of course, is we couldn't move the ball on them. But if you're if you're moving the ball 30, 40, 50 yards on the drive, at some point that's going to pay off for you because there's two things that I'm convinced of. First off, George has more talent. Second off, George is better conditioned and more physical and will be in the fourth quarter. What about defensively? I'm talking about both sides of the ball. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And I think this listen, this is a game. Georgia should be able. It's Auburn, so it's always a little weird. But I mean, like, I'll put it this way: two years ago, Auburn was probably going into this game being like, "This is a game that Auburn should be able to handle." Like, they're eight. They were eight going into that game. Georgia was unranked and then just lost to, I think, Florida. Right? I think they just lost to Florida. Uh, we, we will have. Uh, yeah, they had just. Well, it was actually after Rodrigo's coming out party in Kentucky. So they lost to Florida, but then but then beat Kentucky. But, like, not impressively. And Auburn is number eight coming in. And Georgia handled them not... It was a low-scoring game, but it was... uh, It felt like Georgia was always in control of that game. Yep. And so this feels... Like, this is the last test, right? Like, this this is the last... we've, We've always spent so much time talking about tests and talking about what they need to do. This is the final test for this year. Alabama is obviously a massive test, but this is a different kind of test. That's a... Hey, can you be maybe Nick Saban's best team? <laughs> and like that's that's a different test altogether. You 
It's all right in front of them right now. All you want, everybody always says, we want Bama. We want Bama. We want Bama. I don't, is, I don't want Bama worth a damn right now. <laughs> Me neither. But, like, Georgia has an opportunity right now to, for the second time in a calendar year, play Alabama in Atlanta. And the only, but the only way that game means anything other than as a litmus test is if they win these last three games. And two of them are rivalry games. I know it feels because they haven't been on the home for a long time. And these are three home games. And we now know the game times for all of these games, but I'm sure we'll get into it in a bit, that they should handle these. But it's going to be like, this is the final test. Can you put yourself in the position to, get the, to have the privilege of playing this great Alabama team and giving yourself a puncher's chance? I want to see that. They've got to take care of it in these three games. Well, the good thing about facing Auburn, and I think I did this uh, a couple weeks ago versus uh, Florida, but um, Georgia has won 12 out of 20 in the series. And it's a, it's a relatively close series. I think Georgia has a three-game overall. This is the 123rd meeting. Mm. I think Georgia's won 58. This is the Auburn's oldest one, right? Other than like Samford, they have a Samford game. But yeah, this, is like, this is like one of the oldest rivalries, right? Oh, actually, I'm glad you said that because I wrote down the top – 12 oldest rivalries oh, in the country. Right. Yeah, we were on the same wavelength. Segways. Yep. Uh, but Just since, make sure Auburn and Georgia's on this one, though, right? What? George, this is not a question not about Auburn and Georgia this week. Auburn and Georgia is on the 12, right? The 12. The 12 oldest rivalries. Auburn and Georgia is one of them. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I'm making sure. Yes. Yeah. Okay. We well, asked a question last week. It wasn't Kentucky or Georgia. I, I, I messed up the question last week. Um, so the Georgia's won 12 out of 20. They've also won 10 out of 15. They've also won seven out of the last ten. That's crazy. And they've won four out of five. That is, look, if you want to talk about, that's just crazy. They, I mean, because we, I, I lived in, I remember living in a world where beating Auburn, I mean, Jim Donnan, that was one of the reasons Jim Donnan was fired. He couldn't beat Tech Auburn in Florida or, or, a, or Tennessee. That is an excellent reason to get fired, by the way. It's, I, I only live in a world where Georgia go, goes nine and three, everybody's mad. So, like, I don't know that world. We, regretfully, we also weren't beating some other teams. <laughs> this isn't the trivia portion of the, the episode, but I'd like to ask you, how many times do you think two teams have played each other within a calendar year? And I don't have the answer, but um, Georgia and Auburn are playing each other for the third time within one calendar year. So you mean within 12 months? It's not one calendar year, within 12 months. There we go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 365 three, Maybe I should have said that. But last Three times in one Three times in but, one year. For example, Alabama and Georgia are going to play each other twice in the same building in a calendar year. Yeah. Which yeah. Is probably has to be incredibly rare as well. Because last year's game on the Plains was November 11th, and okay. this year's game here so in Athens is November 10th. Yeah. That's not... Okay. Yeah. So that's three times that's a year. That's 364 days. Not yeah. only three times a year, three times at three different venues. True. I mean, we had daylight savings time too. So. Um, <laughs> yeah. Three times, that is, that is an excellent question. I, we got we to put the gimp over there on this. Because uh, to <laughs> that, me, that just, I, I'd say that doesn't happen. It I have rarely, say, rarely I happens. I cannot yeah. fathom a scenario. This, I'm just putting this out there. I cannot fathom a scenario where a team in 12 months has played Another team three times at three different venues. I just can't see other scenario in the scenario that would happen. Um, well, the possible college football. Yeah, I guess it's possible if West Virginia, Oklahoma face each other. If they face each other, although they they face each other, or they, there's a good chance the two of that, them face each other back to back weeks. Um, that that would be it. But I don't know whether 
they when they played each other last year? Well, they're going to play in West Virginia at the, right. the last game of the season. Right. If they also played towards the end of the last year, it would have been in Norman, and they'll play in the Big Twelve Championship in Dallas. I mean, I guess that's a that's a possibility. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, probably back in the day when teams played each other twice or three times a season because yeah. you know no one to schedule. Yeah, I'm sure well not Yale, in modern I'm college. I'm sure Yale football. played Notre Dame like five times in a year. Right. Year. Well and, see we brought up Army a couple like played them like an hour later. <laughs> well we brought up a couple weeks ago when Georgia played LSU twice and Presbyterian twice yeah. in a yeah. you know, year back yeah. in the thirties. Yeah. Yeah. That's so that a, that's a, that is a good factoid though, the idea that three like we've talked about three different Auburn games in the last three hundred and sixty five days. Yeah. Interesting. All right, so all right, so uh, what else do you got for yeah, us, more uh, trivia? Uh, Mr. Scott? I got to quit chewing gum. What? It's really gross. I have to say, I'm really grossed out by gum. I actually find not a gum fan. Not a fan. Really <laughs> disgusting. It's not all the fan. Halloween candy. I mean, I just we keep grabbing. Not, gum is not allowed in our house. Yeah, the boys do not chew. Uh, really? Anti-gum people. I lost, like I lost that fight one one. It's like I'm talking politics or something when when I bring up gum. I am uh, more repulsed <laughs> by gum than Brian Kemp. That's not true. I'm actually more repulsed by Brian Kemp than gum than gum. But it is closer than I'd like to admit. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we will get into trivia. Gum has um, never systematically. Uh, sorry, <laughs> here we go. Just kidding. All right, um, Tony. Besides yes. the between the hoses game, okay. What is your favorite Georgia Auburn memory? Um, this is going to sound really funny, but it has to be. No, nah, it has to be in in O two when we beat them to assure a spot in the SEC championship. Um, that am I remembering that right? Yeah. Um, I, I was going to say it was the blackout game, even though I wasn't at the game, uh, just because it was such a cool experience day. Because I was, I've told the story before. I was playing softball at the University of Illinois. We had the law school softball league championship that night. I actually brought a TV out because I went to see Georgia Auburn. Of course, that's the same day Illinois beat Ohio State. Mm-hmm. Um, we were watching W whatever it is, a CBS in Champaign. Um, you probably remember. I just WCA? Don't... Is it CIA? Okay. And the CBS? Yes. WCA. Yeah. yeah. So we were watching that. Jerry and... Slave and Mr. Roberts and Judy Frazier. I can give you a bunch of Champaign wow. media. Wow. So um, Mark just, Carrera. just being a part of just that moment. The feeling, the overwhelming. Because it was the first time. Uh, yeah. It was so. like your first time. It ha- like the very first it happened, time. Um, um, <laughs> I had to get some car It happened shortly thereafter, there. actually, <laughs> now that I think about it. Um, so, but you know, the. the yeah, I will say that. Did they see some Eddie money while you're looking at them? <laughs> <laughs> was it. Couldn't have been 02. 03. That game is a Jordan Hare because I just realized they switched. The O one game was the, it was a loss. I'm going to tell you why this is my favorite George, Georgia Auburn moment. Um, so I'd only been dating Kristen, my wife, for a few months. We ended up our friend, my friend Brad, came into town. He was dating an Auburn fan. She did not want to sit with Georgia fans, and you know because I'm on Team Brad, I Kristen and I sat in the Auburn section. Well, of course, that was the Jasper Saints getting stopped at the goal line game. We're on the way out. There was an Auburn fraternity boy with his tie askew and his hair all messed up. It was like yelling, ah, we kicked your ass, blah, blah, blah. So we yelled that in my wife's face. She stopped. She turned and looked at him like as close as I am. She's like, it's going to be real funny when you get known as a dude got knocked out by a bitch, won't it? Quote. That's a direct quote. So I stopped because 
I didn't know what was about to happen, but all his friends started laughing and pointing at him. And then I was like, Dibs, she is with me. <laughs> that is my favorite Auburn moment. That is a and great you cannot, moment. And you cannot take that from me, even yeah. though we lost that ball game. Yeah, oh, man, that's, that's, that's worth a loss. Yeah. yeah. That was when uh, Tuberville tried to coach Mark Richt on how to play SEC football and time management. And it eventually worked. Um, <laughs> well, I was going to say, of course, people would automatically assume that my favorite Georgia – Auburn moment was the blackout game in 2007. So I was going to put that aside and I don't remember the exact year, but it was in the Donnan years. Maybe you can help me out. It was Odell Thurman's 99 yard fumble or interception return off Daniel Cobb. I want to say that probably 99. Was that here? It was in Athens and yeah, the place erupted. I think they won that game, but where he, he, you could see it and people that know what I'm talking about can visualize it. He almost bobbled it right on the goal line. There was a mess of people and then he just, leaves everybody you can see him just streaking down the field oh, that was nobody 03. that was oh three okay yeah. maybe nobody was even close to him that was uh the the place came unglued it was mm-hmm. it was nighttime um you don't you just don't see linebackers run 99 yards for a meaningful touchdown at a night game sec game versus your one of your biggest rivals uh, yeah can, can, I, can i pick my favorite sure game? How about when Georgia won the SEC last year? Well, see, that works for you because you don't have as long of a history. Also, it was better than those two things. They were <laughs> playing to the playoff. No, First no, off, like, that game First was off, awesome. You, you will not say that what my wife said was better. Um, <laughs> although, although I will, I, I think you're, you bring up a good point because I briefly considered that game and it merely set up a more amazing game. It was not against Auburn, of course, but you're, you're, probably right as far as moments go and most purely kind of like whatever if you joy were, you were out relief. there at the Rose Bowl, yeah. so you yeah. so you got to have that experience but like that game it's funny like we, we said we're going uh i now do not have to cancel my hotel room nope. i think nope. i mentioned that i, uh, I canceled uh, one of the two i already had yeah and uh i don't have to cancel my hotel room now now i'm on the ticket lunge the yeah. question is do you when's we, the best time to buy tickets uh i'm, I'm not good at this yeah i'm, bad at I'm this too. probably after both schools get their tickets just because I think that's that's when the market will flood. Right, right, right. Or if Georgia loses to Auburn, that also feels like a way that <laughs> that's like, Georgia. Yes, Georgia that, loses to Auburn, the price will go down. Yes. They're uh, pretty high right now. They're in the four to five hundred dollar yeah, range. That, I, I, they got to fall off. Yeah, I think they will. They'll fall off. Yeah. Um, I, I, just, I don't understand how the answer isn't obviously last year's game because it's a spot in the playoff. And it well, was I wasn't amazing. there. I was just thinking of yeah. some some that I had enjoyed. You know, you know, you know who really like you know the best proof. Uh, he's going to back me up on how much fun that game was. Natres Patrick. He's totally got me. Uh, he had a great time after. <laughs> Damn, Will. Sorry. Just damn. That was unnecessary. You should cut that. No, under no chances should you cut that. That was unnecessary. I'm going to be inclusive here. Okay. Okay. Unlike Brian Kemp. uh, You've softened me. You've softened me up. I was going to play some ball, but I got high. So, Will, is there anything like this for Illinois basketball or football for you? Sink the boat. I'm sorry. Hashtag sink the boat. Damn. You know, like a favorite memory. I'm going to give you, I'm throwing you a bone here. Is there anything like that for you? Like what Tony and I just kind of, you know, you saw oh. our moods change, and we looked up into the sky, and we're thinking oh. of fond memories. Uh, you, you do not want me to go down this role for just, Illinois just basketball. Go, give me one Illinois for football. Illinois basketball has, like, okay. dozens. I believe you. Uh, Illinois football. Give me your moment for Is Illinois football. Yeah. Illinois football, for me. And make it, would, it quick. It would, be, it would be the game that they won at Ohio State the year that they took the Rose Bowl away from Georgia, which now we all agree it's good that they did that because then Georgia got the awesome Oklahoma Rose Bowl game. But um, 
that game was Ohio State ended up playing a national championship game, regardless of the year. That was the great uh, Juice Williams national television. I just talked about that game. Just the best. Just the that is that is the awesome awesome moment. Though it is worth knowing that the most etched in my soul memory of Illinois football. I'll be brief. Is uh, remember that great 1994 Penn State team that had Kerry yeah. Collins, Kajana Carter, Bobby Ingram. Uh, back when uh, they had this awesome defensive coordinator who uh, who had nothing ever bad happen to him uh, after that moment. Um, that was that was the team that Penn State went undefeated and won that and won the co national championship. Illinois was up uh, 28-7 to at one point and up by two touchdowns going into the fourth quarter. I've never rushed the field. It's something I've always wanted. I'm too old to rush the field now, I think. Probably I've pull something. always wanted. No, I just feel like it would be inappropriate. I would not pull something. <laughs> and um, But I've always wanted to rush the field. That's the one time I was in college. I was in the I block. I was in the student section. I was not on duty. I didn't have to write. I was just ready to go. And they did not. Uh, that would have been, that's my definitive Illinois football memory, inevitably, uh, uh, in a loss. But, hashtag sink the boat. Now, if you want to talk about Illinois basketball memories, I will make this a whole... No, whole no, we can, we'll do a separate off-season podcast for yeah. you to talk about just, just Illinois Just give me, give me an iPhone in a closet, and I will talk for three days. So this is the Nothing 100... x lax in a plastic bag. This is the 123rd <laughs> meeting... Between Georgia and Auburn. And interesting, I don't know how I find out these things, but it's only the fourth time ever that it's been played on November 10th. Are, did, are you, are you looking, is that military time? Are no, at- November 10th, the date of November 10th. Mm-hmm. Think about it. They've been playing in the late season forever, 123 matchups, and uh, to only have played four times, this will be the fourth time. Georgia is 2-1. and one. On November 10th, playing against Auburn, they won in 2001. No, I'm sorry. They lost in 2001, 24 to 17. Is that the one you were referencing earlier, Tony? Uh, yes. And then they beat Auburn, of course, the blackout game, 45-20 here in Athens. And they won 38 nothing on November 10th in 2012. I think that was the Trey Battle three-interception game. Maybe it was. Um, so since I mentioned that, can you tell me, and you might hate this question or something, uh, can you tell me the eight times that this rivalry has been played not in November? I, well, I one, cannot. Well, one of them was SEC Championship last year. Right. So they played one game in December. Can you? How about this? Name the other two months that they've played this game in. October. That's correct. They've played six games in October. They've played one in December. They've played the majority of them, 120-something, in November, what other month has Georgia and this Auburn is, been played? This better be a trick question. August. No. The very first game was in February. That's correct. Look at, look at Johnny Smartpants over here. February 20th, 1892. I mean, I'm looking at Wikipedia. Well, that's right. fine. That's fine. That's where I got it. <laughs> February 10th, 1892 was the very first Georgia-Auburn game played. In February. In February. And I think it was played in Columbus. Atlanta. Or Atlanta. Or Columbus. Or Columbus. Or Macon. Or something like that. Um, one other thing, Georgia will be honoring Matt Stinchcomb. Oh, cool. He's going to the College it's Football Hall of Fame. What? He's going to the College Football Hall of Fame, so they'll be honoring him at halftime. Interesting story. I went to the same elementary school with Matt Stinchcomb. At the same time? Yeah. Okay. Yep. He's a year younger than me. Um, I see him every now and then. But we, is 
he in Remember the Titans? No, so no, he's like not. That. He's not in Remember. The, in fact, uh, one of my uh, I'll get to that in a second. But uh, the interesting thing is that we went to Smoke Rise Elementary School together, and we were both on the clogging team. Do what? Clogging. That's, that's a southern a factoid. Southern like I, well, I'm familiar with clogging. Yeah. I just yeah, that's he, not something I expected you to say about yourself. I was, I was a seventh grader. He was a sixth grader. Well, I was new to the school, and it was the best way to meet girls. I don't think I know. I don't think you understand how that worked in seventh grade. <laughs> I was new to the school, so I figured I'd join the clogging team. Extracurricular is where all the cool kids went. So this is the eighties, late eighties. So yeah, okay. You know, it was a thing. You know, it's pre-internet. Yeah. Um, so congrats to Matt out there. He uh, he's a good guy, and he does a good job on his uh, broadcast. Wait, he clogged for real. He did. No, you. I did. Yeah, I wasn't very good at it, but yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, we clogged to a bunch of. Never mind. It'll. It was Rocky Top, wasn't it? No, no. It was like Dolly Parton, nine to five. And, okay. You know, Born to Boogie by Hank Williams Jr. Yeah. And right. you know, I, I still remember those songs. <laughs> when was the last time? Well, for a moment, Scott had a moment of joyful gleefulness on his face. I don't know why I used two adverbs there, but <laughs> just gleefulness on his face, harkening uh, back to a kinder, gentler time. All right, so this is a question for Will, and then we're going to get into podcast reviews. And then we got one question on Twitter today. Do we need to make picks, too? No. Yeah, we'll do that, too. Yes. It's the end of the season, so we're not going to make picks anymore. No, I'm joking. Hashtag uh, sink the book. Will, I'm glad you said that. It's like we're in the same mind today. Maybe, maybe you'll influence how I vote tomorrow. I don't know. We seem to be in the same mind. Um, when will the You're white, so you'll be able to vote without any problems. When was the last time Illinois won versus a big team West division opponent? Because big they beat West, right? They beat Minnesota. Mm-hmm. So when was the last time that had happened? It has been a while. Um, <clears throat> I will not take up more time than we need to on this. But let's go over. Let's go over the Big Ten West. The Big Ten, the Big Ten West, uh, Wisconsin. Whew, it's been a long time. Um, Northwestern. I think Wrigley was the last time they beat. No, they beat them since Wrigley. Um, so Northwestern is more is closer. I'm gonna say 2012. They beat Purdue 48 to 14. Purdue, right? Oh, that was 2014. 14? 15. 15. Yeah. So it had been about three years three since years. they had won a Big Ten West <sighs> Division yeah. game because they beat Rutgers a couple times. They beat Indiana, and they beat uh, they beat Rutgers earlier this year. So yeah, for the record, uh, <laughs> I actually. The Big Ten West is so messed up this year that there, if it wasn't for one weird game between Iowa and Wisconsin, Illinois would in fact still be in the race to win the Big Ten West because they are two and four in the Big Ten right now. And first place is Northwestern, a team that they play. So if they lost that, unfortunately, uh, uh, Iowa and West, Purdue and Wisconsin still have a game. So then they both be Illinois. But Two more wins. And for the record, I asked my friend Matt Brown, uh, the expert on such matters. I think you retweeted this. Yes. Uh, the uh, uh, APR, it's about the time you start looking at APR. Remember a couple of years ago, Illinois missed out on a bowl game because of Georgia freaking state, of all people. Well, I thought it was Mississippi State. No, it was Georgia State. Well, the story's better if you say Mississippi State. No, it was Georgia State. Georgia State uh, won a, got a six random win over Georgia Southern last game of the year and cost Illinois an APR uh, well, since you're talking about bowl games, I went and looked at the big sites, and y'all's definition of big sites might be different than mine, but I looked at CBS, SB Nation, yeah. Sporting News, ESPN. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, 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 no, no beef. I've worked for three of those places. 
Um, so pretty much across the board, everybody's predicting Georgia and the Sugar Bowl versus Oklahoma. Every single one of those sites predict that. Which makes sense. It makes sense. Um, Everybody wants to see that game again. It's like, yeah. I, It makes sense. A lot of the accounts don't have Missouri, Tennessee, and one of them doesn't have South Carolina making a bowl game, and Vanderbilt also. Well, Missouri's going to go to a bowl game, so, I mean. The one site, Sporting News, has Missouri making it, playing NC State in the Music City. Uh, one site, SB Nation, has Tennessee making a bowl game, playing um, Baylor in the Liberty Bowl. And one site has uh, uh, Vanderbilt making the Independence Bowl against Miami. So I guess that means that they're thinking they beat Tennessee. Uh, and then also, one site doesn't have South Carolina making a bowl game. Miami lost at home to Duke this week, by the way. I hope everybody it looked that. horrible. We, we probably should talk about that. So I think it's commonly agreed that Miami's problems are quarterback, right? Quarterback or, yeah, quarterback. All, listen, we, I, I'm assuming you listened to a podcast that ain't played nobody this week. I forgot who so, the quarterback coach was. Yeah, right? John Richt is Ooh, the quarterback coach. That's going to cause some problems. <laughs> yeah. Maybe so that's they, why George has that nepotism rule. Well, because it's a smart rule, but um, just ask Kansas State. The um, Yeah, that's a really weird... There's some weird going ons down there. Yeah. I mean, look, Mark Mark Richt, I mean, they called it balloting himself, which is not inaccurate. Because they really looked terrible offensively. A team of all the playmakers. So I just I, look, I don't, we've we've litigated the Miami thing enough. <laughs> yeah. It's just it's interesting and people around know uh, know enough of the Ricks to know that both this is sad for him and and for but he's Probably going to fire his son or be on the chopping block himself next year. He needs to fire himself as office coordinator. Like, there's also that. It's not yes. working. And like, that, that was what Connolly said. He's like, Rick has two problems and they both have the name Rick. Yeah. It is uh, the quarterback coach and the office coordinator. And, and he, and his argument was Miami could fix a lot of problems if they, if they can find their, uh, his Matt Canada or his Joe Moorhead. Yeah. Uh, if he can find that guy, Miami can come back. The question is, is Mark Rick? Like I think Mark Rick clearly saw Miami as the valediction job, right? Yeah. It's the, like, I ran to this place I wanted to stay and I love, but you know what? I'm going to go show them at the place that I'm from and the play, and my son's going to be right there with me and it's not working out. And it's, it's, it's kind of, I think it can work out. The question is, you guys tell me, is, is Mark Rick always quick to react to, uh, Change scares him. Yes, yes. I get it, man. I'm not as old as him, and I hate things that change. So there's a question that came across Twitter from Lee Munger, Southern Shepherd. Uh, He said, question for Waiting Since Last Saturday podcast tonight. Why does Kirby say things like this when it's literally been over a month since Fields threw a pass in a game? I think he threw a pass against Kentucky. He wanted um, to, but he did not. <laughs> is this a message for Cheney? Does he just enjoy yanking our chain? Please explain to me. And he, did, he did call out Fields as playing well quarterback after the game. Right? Well, that's what he's he, his quote, he had quoted a, a tweet and where Kirby is quoted saying, Justin doesn't have to come in to just run the ball. He's getting better every day. At 230 pounds, he presents a lot of issues for the defense. Fields and Fromm work well together. I mean, the, the one thing I would say about that is that we get to play a lot of game theory and gamemanship theory mm-hmm. and thinking about how Kirby Smart and Jim Chaney or whatever, by all accounts, they get along well. I don't think there is any shooting across the bow. Kirby Smart is 
He is the coach of this football team. Um, and if Kirby Smart does not like the way Jim Chaney is calling fo- football plays, Kirby Smart will change those plays. Period. Full stop. I mean, it's Jim Chaney, offensive consultant, right? That's the old yeah. joke about him. Like he's, the, you don't bring in Jim Chaney. Jim Chaney is not a Pruitt. Right. Who's like, I am working myself well, I, I to mean, this job someday. Yeah. I mean, Kirby Smart is the de facto yeah. offensive coordinator also. Right. right. Uh, especially in goal line situations. Well, look, I I, I would not have believed that had I not seen the look on Jim Cheney's face. Oh, I mean, look, there's a camera. I'm not saying I don't agree. I'm saying that, like, that's a bad thing because those things aren't working. Uh, I mean, the philosophy is we want to out physical people. So I think Jim Cheney, offensive consultant, would rather score points. Well, we'll see what happens. But, uh, Go ahead. All right. So we did get a podcast review like a month ago that I forgot to read. Awesome. Is it five star? It is a five awesome. star. Thank you. And the title of it is Refreshing Different Style hmm. from Peter. That's what she said. <laughs> or he. He could have said it. <laughs> from Peter SMC. Um, he says, these are the guys you'd hang out with. We would hang out. That's what she said. Sorry. I was like, I'm done now. Scott holds the level head. Damn. And is like the captain on game day. Okay. You want to let me read that again? No. Nope. Somehow okay. Tony sounds exactly like David Green. I guess Tony is his ghost podcaster. Huh. I like it. Will needs to give up the orange love, but always gives some fun, quirky facts. The three make magic. You'll get educated, encouraged, and entertained. Uh, thanks, Petey. He doesn't go by Petey, does he? I think he does now. Okay. Yeah, Dr. he does now. Dr. Pete. So last, all those years of PD school. Lastly, before we get into the, the picks, how are we doing on time? Probably uh, terrible. We're going we're going a couple hours. It's a little long. long. Yeah, we're going long. Nothing editing can't fix. Um, so Georgia and Auburn is one of is known as the South's oldest rivalry. They, the Deep South's oldest rivalry. The Deep South. I stand corrected. They are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. They're tied for the seventh longest. Robert, they were eighth, but that extra game last year bumped them up into a tie. Oh, that's funny. With, um, I'll go ahead and say these with North Carolina and Virginia. Okay. They played the same amount of times that Georgia and Auburn have. And so have Miami of Ohio and Cincinnati, they've played also 122 times, going to play 123 times. So can you just name any rivalry, uh, maybe in the top 12, um, that's played over 100 years? You want to speed round it? Okay. Yale Harvard? Did you say Yale Harvard? Yes. Yes, they are the third longest at 134 games played. Indiana Purdue. Yes. Good job. They have played 120 times. Wow. Um, what what number is that? Like down the list. Twelve, okay. like All eleven, right. tied for eleventh yeah. or something. Um, Cal Stanford. Didn't make the list. Okay, Michigan Ohio State. Didn't make the list. Um, this is over a hundred times. Over a hundred times, wow. man. Um, okay, well then, uh, I maybe spent. I, I went, I, yeah, I was, I was coming up with some of the Rutgers, but I can't get there because they don't have. There is another big. How about Penn Princeton? Penn who? Penn Princeton. That, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. There is a Penn, but it's not Princeton. Penn they, Yale. Penn Yale. Penn Harvard. Nope. They played. Actually, Saint I saw. Them, I saw them playing on Friday night when I was out to dinner. Oh. Um, Penn Temple. and Cornell. Oh, it's a Cornell. Okay, they played 124 times. Uh, Andy, Andy from the office. Uh, yeah, went to Cornell. I hear. Um, the fifth longest played rivalry is a Big Ten matchup. Um, Big Ten West. I was about to say Wisconsin Minnesota. That's correct. 
You know what they play for? The old oaken bucket. Old, old oaken, oaken bucket. bucket. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Is that what it is? <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. So the longest ever is Lehigh and Lafayette. Oh, yes. Oh. yes. They've played it's 100. It's verbal special. Yeah. yeah. Yes. 153 times. Mm-hmm. Yale, Princeton. Throbbing. 140. Oh. William and Mary and Rich. William and Mary and Rich. William. And Mary. I thought there was. Against a, Richard. Is it plural? Mary's? William and Mary. William and, and Mary and Rich. That's, that's, that's like one of my favorite. Like, that is like a bro, a bro country band. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's not Williams and Mary's? No, it's William and Mary. I thought it was William plural for sure. All right, they've played 128 times. Um, Georgia-Auburn's at 122. I just said that. Is there a West Coast on there? Yes, one. Um, Washington-Oregon? You got one of them, Washington, right? Washington-Washington State. Nope. Southern Cal? No. You got the Civil War. Oregon-Oregon State. Oregon-Oregon State? Wow. Yeah, 121 times. Wow. That's a lot of times for Oregon State to lose. Oregon I didn't even... They had a state that long. Football. Yeah, they were. <laughs> they haven't. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Harvard-Dartmouth, 121. Georgia-Georgia Tech. Is that on the list? Yes, 114 times. <laughs> and then the last Finally, two... Georgia Tech's a part of something. The last two on the list happen to be involved with Illinois. I didn't know they had football that long either. So, oh, Illinois, Illinois Chicago. <laughs> Illinois Chicago. I think it was Illinois Chicago, but they just mistaken Illinois Northwestern. It, but, is Illinois Northwestern on there? Yes, 111. Yeah, Illinois Northwestern. And I would say the other Illinois one would probably be. It has to be someone in the West because it has to be someone from the last few years. Is, that, is not someone from the West? Or I don't know the West or the East. It's got to be the West because there would be like 10 guess. years they wouldn't do it. Guess. My guess would be Illinois, Minnesota. No. Purdue. No. No, no, Wisconsin. No. Iowa. No. Uh, Indiana? No. I, did I Northwestern. <laughs> no. Some more. Who is it? Wisconsin? Ohio State. Oh, well, that's going to have to what? stop. Because they, they, they don't even play. They've played 101 times. Oh, wow. Okay. Is that a crossover? That's about right? to get passed. This is some really good podcasts. Illinois and Ohio State play about as often as Georgia and Texas A&M. Oh, oh so, no, no. Can no, you no, name no. the trophy that Illinois and Ohio State play for? The Illabuck. You're right. The Illabuck. But this has been very Illinois heavy. Yeah. I don't know how I feel about the this. Illabuck. We sank the boat. Um, do you know what the name of the trophy for Illinois Northwestern is? Uh, the Land of Lincoln. Man. Land of Lincoln. It's impressive. Fire tonight. It's all I got. Let's get into the picks. <laughs> Let's make some picks before. Yeah, boy. Before, uh, and luckily, I don't see Illinois on this, so we're good. Uh, podcast listeners, we're good. We're done with yeah. Illinois. They play Nebraska. Nebraska was like a 21-point favorite. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't that seems too high, but I don't think it I agree. But All right. Uh, Troy at our Georgia Southern bros. Wow. Man, it's Georgia Southern and Statesboro, it's probably at night. They lost no. last week. Yes. Still I'm taking Georgia Southern. Southern. I'm going to take Troy. Troy. You'll show them. Uh, Ohio State at Michigan State. <sighs> I'm going to say Michigan State. I'm taking Ohio State, but man, they are wobbly. They are, and I want Michigan State to win so bad. I want Ohio State out of this. Yeah. Like, I want them out of the way. And, and then I want them to beat Michigan yes, and just create that chaos. That is exactly right. There you go. So I'm going to pick the Spartans. Uh, Washington State at Colorado. Why is this on there? Washington State's a potential playoff team. And it's a five point line for a potential playoff team. I just team. was looking at Colorado's record at five and four. They were undefeated for, we were touting games ago. Undefeated team. So that, that's a reason to go with Washington State. Yeah, give me Wazoo. Yeah, I like the mustache. Um, all right, Mark Richt travels to Mark Richt, Bobby Dodd Field to play uh, the Jackets. I put this game on here because, of oh, course, this is, you Mark got, this game's got to be on here. Yeah, of course it does. I, I, I mean, it kicks off the same time we do. It, 
This game could set football back 50 years. I mean, Georgia Tech is playing pretty well right now. Um, but history, I mean, he you got to go with Miami in this. He's such under fire. This feels like when he gets – like this is the thing, right? This yeah. is what Rick does. When people are like, ooh, is he in trouble over there? What's going on? He'll he comes up with a big win. So yeah. I think it's Miami as well. Okay, this is Tech's schedule. Miami, Virginia, at Georgia. they got to win one of those games to get poll eligible. It ain't happening this week. But how awesome is that? Is, is ACC Coastal where there's like all six teams have a chance to win? Like Georgia Tech has like a 3% chance of winning these. Really? Yeah, I think, I think somebody's out of it. I was thinking about that a minute ago. Uh, UNC's out at 1-5. and five. Yeah. But yeah, Tech's 3-3. Three and three. They're still in it. That's amazing. Uh, Pitt, Pitt, I thought Pitt was like done, and they're in first place. Yeah. Texas at Texas Tech. Texas is favored by just a point and a half, and Tom Herman is still angry at Will for calling him smug, but even though he really is and everybody else is calling him yeah. I'm doing that horns down well. right now. The Big 12 officials can kiss my tail. Um, I, don't, I don't know when I turned into a 74-year-old Westerner, <laughs> but um, give me Texas Tech. I think you have to say Keister. To Keister. No, there you go. Yeah. That's but, right. Uh, I'm taking Texas. I'm going to take Tech. Vanderbilt at Missouri. Missouri's I'm all in Missouri favored. now, man. Same I'm line as George Auburn. I'm all in on Missouri. I'm all in on Missouri. Give me Missouri. Take Second time. straight year, they have. There's no way they lose. The, they don't lose at home to Vanderbilt after a big victory against Florida. I'm telling you, Odom is like whatever your thoughts about that dude. He gets them better at the end of the year. Yeah, he's a solid seven to five coach, which is what Missouri needs. That's and that's, that's what, what we Illinois need. Needs. Yeah, that's what we need to face. That's what yes. I mean. Yes. Um, all right, Carolina at Florida. In Florida's a seven and a half point favorite. Oh, no. that's high. Must the must champs just salivating over this game? I I think Florida wins this game, but this game has all kinds of potential. This is this will be one of the games that will be on our TV at the tailgate. Oh yeah, it's a noon kickoff. That's awesome. I'm taking South Carolina. I'm going to take them as well because of that noon kickoff in Florida. And Dan Mullen was just referencing thumb wrestling and telling him that he'd kick their ass in thumb wrestling. After dark place. Yeah, uh, Mississippi. I mean, they had South Carolina last week, but they're not going to a bowl. You know, I mean, they're good, but they're going to also good Texas A&M. They both are five and four. Yeah, I, th- I think this is Texas A&M. Give me A&M. I'll take Mississippi. Uh, Kentucky Bros. <clears throat> at Tennessee. Tennessee needs a two What's wins. What's the line on this game? Four and a half to Kentucky. That seems low. I just don't see where they're going to get let's, two more wins. Let's think about that for a moment. Like, Kentucky on the road to Tennessee, and Kentucky is a four-and-a-half-point favorite. If that happens again in the next 10 years, Tennessee is completely falling off the deal. Like Again, we talked about this last week. Kentucky should just... Oh, I think, it, I think it happens in, in three years when, um, when Fulmer is interim coach in this game. <laughs> I think... I'm taking Tennessee in this game. Kentucky's getting the 10 wins, y'all. I'm getting Kentucky as well. I'm going to, before we jump to Auburn, Georgia, I want to go back to the South Carolina team. I was confused on why so many people didn't have them making a ball game, even though they're five and three. Remember, they had a canceled game. Oh, yeah. They're going to have to play Akron if they want it. And if they lose to Florida, their next game is Chattanooga, their FCS opponent. That doesn't count. Does it? 
I think it's supposed to count like once every two years, right? Is that because the then they got Clemson after that? Oh, they rescheduled. No, they didn't. They, they have didn't. not rescheduled the Marshall game. Yeah, yet. so here's the thing if they lose to Florida, they're gonna lose to Clemson. And if they beat Chattanooga, that gets them to six. But do you get to count that to be six and six or six and five because they're only playing 11 games this season? Um, I think they can count. I don't know if you can count it or not. I have no idea. Uh, well, that's interesting. We'll find out. All right. Um, Auburn rolls into Athens. They have lost. Actually, here's the last trivia question. When was the last time Auburn won in Sanford Stadium? Six. They didn't play in six. They played at Auburn in six. I'm in the year six. like this. This long series. Uh, was it nine? 2009? Seven. No. It wasn't it, seven. They lost five. the last time. Yeah, it was 2005, the year Georgia won the SEC. 2005. They lost okay. to Auburn at home. <clears throat> Wow. So Georgia's a 14 and a half point favorite. Auburn's six and three. They're actually lucky to be six and three. They sh- should have been five and four if AM hadn't handed them that game last week. What do you think? Uh, wait, Tony's going last. So, Will, what do you think? Uh, I, I mean, this is, as I said before, this is the test. This is the game that you have to take care of after kind of a pretty emotional three weeks away from Sanford Stadium. Um, we always talk about how Auburn has. The year they get the years they get Alabama and Georgia at home, they're pretty good. And the years that they don't, they're not. Uh, I don't see how they don't have this game pretty well in hand. I'm going to take. This feels like it's a little tighter at halftime than you wanted to, but they pull away in the fourth. I'll go with Georgia 31, <clears throat> Auburn 20. Well, the one thing that does concern me, you know, I'm always kind of. Georgia bro, you know, always predicting a blowout victory or something. I don't usually predict them to lose. He's wearing a shirt that says Georgia bro. (laughs) And underwear that says Georgia bro. (laughs) But uh, some of the stats that have me kind of scratching my head is that, uh, you know, Georgia leads the SEC in rushing. They're first at 233 yards a game. Auburn's 12th. They've had actually a horrible rushing year ever since Kerryon Johnson hurt his shoulder last year uh, and played them in the SEC championship game. And then they lost that game uh, to Central Florida. Um, tackles for loss. Auburn is fourth nationally. They're first in the SEC, so they've got a stout defensive line. And in fact, the stat that really got me scared is Georgia's had 14 sacks all season. Auburn's had 14 sacks in the last three games. Having said all that, that's not going to matter because the juice is going to be flowing in Sanford. It's a 7 p.m. kickoff. Tony's going to be tailgating for 12 hours at the on minimum. Saturday at the minimum. And I really do hope and I think that something special is going to happen. It's going to be very mm-hmm. serendipitous, mm-hmm. if you will. George is going to run out of that tunnel mm-hmm. wearing Go black on. jerseys. Go on. And they're going to win 45-20, the same score they beat <laughs> Auburn in 2007. I appreciate you doing that. Um, so we... As I mentioned earlier, the route to victory for Auburn, the, the, the easiest viewable route to victory for Auburn is if Georgia essentially gives the game away, and that's with a bunch of turnovers or just dumb stuff where you can't get out of your own way. Um, frankly, you play like you did against Missouri for the first half. Um, the good news is, is and I'm going to put aside the LSU game because LSU clearly, in my mind, is more talented than um, then Auburn, um, Georgia hasn't been that team. I mean, you've seen 
bits and pieces of it, but Georgia has, just hasn't been that team. Um, you know, look, Stidham's going to Stidham's going to throw some yards. I mean, he's just I mean, he's he's averaging you know what two hundred plus yards a game, and that's with a couple of games where he just looked really bad. Um, Georgia's defense is, is bend don't break, and will continue to be so. The good news is is like where I keep coming to is that Georgia's offense. Um, when you look at um, the number of 20-plus rushing or 20-plus 20 yards from line scrimmage, Georgia's 14th in the nation, and their defense is first in the nation. On the flip side, Auburn is 80th in the nation, 73rd in the nation. Georgia breaks off a couple of big plays. I don't know if it's swift runs. It doesn't really matter. Um, to put the game away late, I think I, will, I think I agree with you. It's going to be close at halftime. Um, because that, frankly, that's the game we play. That's where we are. That's who we are this season. And um, we put the game away sometime in the third and start of the fourth quarter. Give me uh, 34 20. I like it. Hi, right, gentlemen. Well, uh, we'll be back here uh, in a week to uh, hopefully not lament the uh, Auburn loss, but preview that huge UMass. Hey, be careful. They've got a receiver that just went for over 300 yards this past weekend. Um, but yeah, because Liberty's defense is really tough. Bruiser How do you know they play Liberty? Through that door. So are uh, y'all wearing black to the game? I usually wear black to the game. So awesome. Yeah. I don't know what I'm wearing. I have zero idea. I'm going to wear my uh, NW Wolfpack shirt. Wrestling. You keep wrestling. You, I mean, to be honest, you've worn that every game. So, <laughs> I mean, I've it's got Georgia bro on the back. It does have Georgia bro and his underwear. Um, <laughs> all right, gentlemen. Well, uh, let's uh, let's get out there and let's get back home. I'm excited to have a homie. It's been a month. And we get three of them. That's awesome. Right in a row. It's unfortunate the Georgia Tech is a noon game. I think everyone, nobody wants a Georgia. Nobody wants a noon game uh, after Thanksgiving. But nevertheless, uh, hey, go dogs. Go dogs. Woo! That was me. Uh, impersonating one of them wrestler people. I wrote the wrestling piece last week. Dude, you're all over the place. I never write wrestling Golf, wrestling. I don't get it. And thanks so much for listening. We always appreciate any feedback and any questions you might have, even your opinions of something that we might say that you disagree with. It happens. The best way to reach us is on Twitter, and our handle is at WSLS Podcast. We also have a website, WSLSpodcast.com, and you can buy our official WSLS Podcast t-shirt by going to WSLSpodcast.com slash shop. Okay, that's enough of that. And it didn't sound as annoying when I typed it out than when I'm actually reading it. But I'm leaving it in, as I always do. And that'll do it for this week. We'll see you on campus this Saturday. Make sure to stay hydrated because it's going to be an all-day tailgate for the dogs versus the Tigers at 7 p.m. I'll be wearing black. Maybe you will too. Maybe the dogs will. No, I'm not going to say it. You know what I think, but I'm not going to say it. Have a great rest of your week. And as always, go dogs. I don't know if Holyfield officially endorsed. He was just at the rally. I like how you keep trying to draw me in to political discussions. <laughs> I have to say, it would be disheartening. To, like, I don't know. To, I, I was surprised that Vince Dooley went up and said, thank you for keeping your promises, Mr. President. I understand Dooley going up and endorsing Kemp. like 80. Yeah, but I mean, that's a lot to put on the line. I mean, I would not expect, like, obviously he's out of the game, 
But like that's something that Bobby Knight does. It was surprising to see Vince Dooley do it. I would say that. It was surprising to me to see. I didn't see it. Endorsing Kemp is something different. Agreed. But to actually go up with Trump and say, say, thank you for keeping your promises was surprising. I would say that was surprising. Agreed. Yeah. Um, I, I just, it's, it's disappointing. Yeah. It's frankly yeah. disgraceful over yeah. somebody who holds the esteem he has. Yeah. So. It is. It's something you would expect Bobby Knight to do. It's not something you expect Vince Dilley to do. So do I need to put this in the podcast? It's up to you. You keep that. You keep that. It's up to you. I don't care. I'm yeah. on the record of, of thinking Donald Trump is, is the, the, oh, no, worst, I'm, I'm, the worst president we've ever had. Yeah, and that's I'm, not political. Oh, no. No, that's, that's, no, I'm, I'm that's not, not defending political. anybody either. Yeah. That's not political. That you know what? Is a, a, you know what? I think it's fair because it is the night. We're recording this the night before the election. In my personal political belief, I think everybody's opinions are valid. And I personally would have lunch or a drink with any candidate on either side of the aisle and I'd be very respectful to them no matter what their beliefs were. That's just me as a person. I wouldn't want to ruffle any feathers. Now, I might think differently, but I'm going to be pleasant to them in front of their face. The one caveat I would say to that is I've I've long held, long held that belief and long thought that very thing. On The exception I would make is I would politely decline an invitation for President Trump. Period. It's harder now. Full stop. This is the, the what you're saying right there is something I believed every single day of my life until the last three years. I would put it that way. And and that's, listen, that's fair. If people want to go back and the, listen to the old wait and see last Saturdays, when I, I remember when I was covering the <laughs> yeah, election, that was interesting. There was definitely not a oh the Republicans Mm-mm. are terrible. It was mm-hmm. all like I loved covering both sides. It was really enjoyable. One of my favorite things I did on that was going to uh, with Jeb Bush. To uh, he did this like Jeb, Jeb Bush did this like basically this talk with a bunch of like old school, old school Republicans in, in Iowa, and it was like awesome. And he had he was funny and he was frank and he was and he he clearly knew he was in trouble, yeah. and because and he was clearly befuddled by what by what was happening. And then you and the people there were exactly the people that you're talking about. Mm-hmm. People that like I might disagree with them on a lot of issues, but everyone was respectful, and everyone was it was everyone everyone was all engaged. Just like my my newsletter about this week, everyone was engaged in the idea of like getting involved in politics is a way to make the world better. I might disagree with the way that you think you're going to make the world better. You might disagree with the way I think you make the world better. But like I've always respected people that enter the arena. Until now, this is different. And if you go back to those shows, what did I keep saying on all those shows? Trump is the problem. Everybody else here is like Rick Santorum. I can't think of a person I disagree with. More that was a great than story you told about him. Yeah, the, uh, the pizza, sad the pizza. pizza it was yeah. like yeah. the original sad pizza. Right. Yeah. And um, well, Urban Meyer was the he was first. <laughs> okay, but, uh, and the original and much much less well known <laughs> sad pizza. But uh, anyway, so yes, I know. No man, I, I don't forget Trump or forget Kempen. Uh, forget forget Kempen. Listen, if you want to endorse Kemp, I think you're wrong, but I don't think it makes you a bad person or anything like that. Trump is different. I'm sorry, Trump is, even if though Kemp is a heavy endorser of Trump, he's trying to get elected. And and uh, I think the Times had a great quote about Kemp saying, uh, uh, from a quote, one of his neighbors that knows that known him for a long time, of course he lives in Athens, said he was doing a great job of cosplaying a goober. <laughs> and, uh, and I think that is pretty accurate. I think that might, I personally find that ethically just as bad to pretend to be something bad for your personal benefit that you are not actually. 
But I do think it's different to say, I think Kemp would be a better governor than Tracy, Stacey Abrams, as opposed to Tracy Abrams, former Illinois guard, by the way. <laughs> Tracy Abrams was a guard that played for Illinois. Stacey Abrams. Um, but uh, I don't think uh, that going up uh, on stage with Donald Trump and saying thank you for keeping your promises is acceptable. Yep. Um, okay, let's talk basketball before we get into the game, and we'll see how much of that makes it. Um, I don't think the basketball stuff's going to make it. <laughs> <laughs> so um, it might be, it might make it. I might just bump it to the back like your phone call with your Airbnb host. Oh yeah, <laughs> spectacular. 